Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that he gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. We've been working our way through a series entitled Unleashed, and uh, we're talking about the spiritual gifts, and, and it's actually spelled out in our graphic as well as the images up on the wall, and, and the reason we're putting those up there is we want to keep reminding you where this came from. It's the idea that God loved us so much, and, and because of original sin, we were split from him, he sent his son who died on the cross, who, who gave his life, shed his blood so that we could be forgiven of sins. And when we declare him as our Lord and Savior, we ask for forgiveness, we are saved, we are, are his, and we are filled with his Holy Spirit. So we have the cross, and then, of course, the dove represents the Holy Spirit. And then when we're plugged into a, a community of believers like this, uh, the church, the, they call it the ecclesia in Scripture, then what happens is the Holy Spirit imparts spiritual gifts within the body. And if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, you've declared Jesus as your Lord and Savior, guess what? You are filled with the Holy Spirit, and he has given you at least one spiritual gift, sometimes two, sometimes three. We don't know. It's up to the Holy Spirit. He can do whatever he wants to do. And what we found out in week one is that a very, very small percentage of the church actually even knows anything about spiritual gifts, uh, gifts, much less has identified them and is exercising them within the body. And so that's our goal in this series is we want to teach all about the spiritual gifts. We want you to spend time in prayer walking through this, discovering what your spiritual gifts are, and then getting plugged in because these gifts are not for you. They're for the body, to build up the body, to edify the body, to, so God can direct and, and give us vision and, and push us in the direction that he wants us to go so that we can have an impact, not just among us, but in our community, in our state, in our country, our, in our world. And so this is so important for us to understand, and yet many times we kind of move past it and we don't talk about it. So we've spent the last few weeks just going through a lot of the different spiritual gifts, and we've got a few more that we're going to go through today. But uh, I want to point your attention to the booklet that's on those chairs. If you did not get one of these, I want you to grab Grab one, put your name in it, catch up to us. Okay, just, just start uh, going through that booklet. Uh, this booklet came out of a conversation with all the pastors. We were sitting around going, as we were preparing for the series, going, I wish we could sit down with every person and just help them to discover those spiritual gifts and how they can be exercised within the body. And then we realized there's only four of us. There's no way we could do that. And so this booklet was a result of that. And so we're hoping that as you sit down and walk through this, it's almost like having a pastor walk with you and help you discover those gifts and figure out how God wants to use those within his body. And so uh, also in that booklet, though, there's a link that takes you to a a spiritual gifts assessment, which you can take, and it'll help you to discover what gifts you might have. Now, in that, let me just tell you, if you're taking that assessment, I want you to take it um, not as a person who you want to be, or not who you wish you were. Don't do that. You'll get false reports, right? Oh, man, I really wish I was a better leader, right? And so I'm going to answer the questions that way. Don't do that. We want you to answer them truthfully uh, the way you are right now because that's going to give you a more accurate reading. And then the second thing that you need to do is you need to go to other believers, and that's the key. They need to be other believers. Uh, maybe it's your spouse. You know, it's people that know you well. Maybe it's your life group, whatever it is. But you go to other believers and you say, hey, this is what my assessment is showing me. 
Um, what do you think, right? And if they are able to affirm those, then you're probably on a good track. You're probably starting to figure out what those gifts are that the Holy Spirit has given you. And then you can start figuring out how he wants to use that within the body. And we've talked a lot about a lot of these different gifts over the last few weeks. And today, we're actually going to be walking through a few very interesting ones. But uh, several years ago, a guy wrote a book, and he took all of these gifts, and he put them into three different categories. And this is the way they're normally talked about. Uh, and as we've been talking through these, we've kind of shared them with you in these categories, uh, words and love and power. And if you haven't been here, let me just show you the definition so you understand. Hopefully this will catch you up. Uh, we talked about our power gifts uh, last week. These are gifts that demonstrate the reality of the unseen God. When we talk about the power gifts, they demonstrate the power of God, the presence of God, the reality of God, the fact that he is with us and working and moving. And so that's what power gifts do. The next one are love gifts. And love gifts demonstrate the beauty of that unseen God's work and the lives in such a way, catch this because this is key, to attract others to want the same kind of relationship. When we're moving in those love gifts, it, it sends a message, not just within the church, but outside the church. It, it is so attractive that other people go, I want to know who Jesus is. It manifests the love of God in very, very practical ways, uh, even in the world around us. And then, of course, we have word gifts. Word gifts help us to understand about this God, including his nature, his purposes, and how we can relate to him and be a part of his purposes. Uh, these word gifts clarify the nature of God, the action and purposes of God. And, and uh, you'll know who God is on a deeper level. You'll learn what he likes and what he doesn't like as you exercise these word gifts. Now, today... I've got a difficult task because I've got to walk you through four what we call crossover gifts. And what crossover gifts are, are gifts that they don't fit into any one of these. Like they're a mix of two or all three of them. And you're going to see that today, but they're very difficult to kind of explain. And so I'm going to have some fun with that uh, over the next, um, I don't know, two hours or so while we're we're together. Those of you who laugh and have been here for a while, you know. Anyway, uh, we're not going to keep you that long, trust me. Uh, welcome. Uh, we're glad you're uh, visiting for the first time. Two-hour message, so no. Uh, let me give you a disclaimer real quick, okay? Because I've, I've gotten this question a, a few times over the last few weeks, and I want to make sure that we're all on the same page here because we have been talking about things like uh, the first gift I'm going to talk about this morning is evangelism, you know, and, and the question comes up, well, it's a gift of evangelism, so if I don't have the gift of evangelism, then I'm off the hook, right? I don't have to evangelize. But I thought all Christians are supposed to share Jesus with the world around them. Tim, Tim just told us that, right? Uh, or like the, the gift of discernment, when we talked about that. If I don't have the gift of discernment, do I not have to be discerning? You know, or, or faith, like the gift of faith. And, but I thought all believers were called to have faith, right? And so uh, let me explain it to you this way. And this is what I really want you to get this. Uh, the way I would say it is everything that is not a spiritual gift becomes a spiritual discipline. So it doesn't get you off the hook. It just, you still have to do it it might just come a little bit more difficult for you. Does that make sense? Uh, let, let me describe it this way. Um, we're coming into fall. You felt it in the air this morning, didn't you? It's like a little bit cooler weather. I'm loving it. But here's the problem with fall. Many times, like in October, we'll get that freak blizzard that comes out of nowhere, right? And it lays down like a foot and a half of snow, and it's that wet, heavy stuff, and it rips off, you know, half the limbs off that tree that you've been grooming all year long, trying to make it nice and round, right? And uh, it, it just wreaks havoc. And then you grab your shovel, and you go out in your driveway, and you start shoveling that heavy, wet snow. And after about, you know... A, 15 minutes, you're like, this stinks, right? Like, this is horrible. Um, and then your neighbor comes across the street, and he's pushing a snowblower. And he's like, hey, you need some help? And you're like, that's a dumb question, right? Like, just get after it. And he fires that thing up, and he does in 15 minutes what it would have taken you a couple hours, right? That's the difference in a spiritual gift and spiritual discipline. 
It doesn't mean that we can't do it or we're not supposed to. It just means for some people, it just comes a lot easier for them. It just comes natural. Why? Because it's a gift. It's a spiritual gift. And that, that illustration falls so short. It's more like some of you that live on like 40 acres and you have like a quarter mile driveway that goes out to the county road, you know? And if you went out there and tried to shovel that with a shovel and then CDOT pulled in there with one of those double-bladed plows, right, and just plowed it for you, that would be more like it. I mean, that's, that's how powerful these gifts are. And so let's jump into this today because the first one, as I told you, is the gift of evangelism. And I think this is such a powerful but mis- understood uh, spiritual gifts. So let me give you the definition. It's spreading the gospel by a special ability, and that's the key, special ability to introduce others to Jesus. We're all supposed to share Jesus, but these people have this gift. It's a special ability to share Jesus in very relevant ways to where even non-believers understand it, like they get it. They, they want to, to receive that message. Now, some of you have been given this gift. You have this extra measure of effectiveness when it comes to sharing the gospel. And you know when you're exercising this gift because you're, you're experiencing all this joy. Like there's this great joy in sharing the gospel with other people. You find yourself actually uh, producing different results than most people because you're exercising within that gift. Ephesians 4 says it this way. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Now with that, let me just tell you, there's two different things that we see in Scripture. We see an office or a position of evangelist, and then we see the gift of evangelism. So those are two different things. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, they tell Timothy that he needs to do the work of an evangelist. That implies to me it's more of a discipline, right? In Acts chapter 21, Philip is called an evangelist. But what we see is that there's a gift of evangelism when it comes to sharing the gospel with an unbelieving world. Evangelism, when it comes to this gift, is not so much about presence as it is about proclamation. And I want to say that again because we need to understand this gift is not just about living a good life. This gift is about declaring the gospel to the world around us. Because I used to think, you know, evangelism for me was just living a good, wholesome lifestyle. Just do the right things, right? And people would see who Jesus is. That's not what this gift is. Uh, This gift has to be more than just lived out. It has to be spoken. It has to be given so that people can respond to it. We're told in 1 Peter chapter 3 that we need to be ready to explain the hope that is within us. And and what that means is you've got to be ready to speak up. When somebody asks you, why do you have this hope? Why why are you that way? You've got to be ready to, to tell them about the hope. Where does our hope come from? It comes from a resurrected king. And we got to be ready to speak up and tell them because that might be the only opportunity that we have in that moment. And I'm not telling you not to live a good life. That's not what I'm saying at all. We should be. But this gift has more to do with proclamation. And let me just tell you, I I believe there's a lot of non-Christian groups out there that are doing some amazing work. They're feeding the hungry. They're they're caring for the homeless. They're, They're very benevolent. But that doesn't lead to salvation. Are you with me? See, you and I are, are told to do the same thing, and we should. Feed the, feed the hungry, uh, care for the homeless, be very benevolent. But that loving and caring and that feeding, all is to prepare them for what is next. And what's next? Introducing them to Jesus. Preaching the gospel, sharing salvation with them. The gospel must be proclaimed. Evangelism is proclaiming the gospel, the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus Christ for salvation. That's what we're talking about. 
And that word gospel is actually two words smashed together, good news and announcing. What it means is announcing the good news. If you have this gift, this is what you do. You announce the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, what is the gospel? It's the fact that we have a God who who created us in his image. This creator God loved us so much, he put his thumbprint on us. He created us a mago day in the image of God. And he created us for an eternal relationship with him. And yet sin entered the picture. We turned our backs on him. That sin broke that relationship between us and God. And there was nothing we could do on our own to be made right with him. But he loved us so much, he sent his son who came and lived a, a perfect life. He went to the cross and he died for our sins. He gave his blood so that you and I have the opportunity to acknowledge him as Lord and Savior, to ask for forgiveness, to be, to be cleansed of our sins, to be forgiven. We're, we're given a gift that we don't deserve. That's how much he loved us. And then when you declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're made right with God. You're filled with his Holy Spirit to live a new life in Christ. And not only that, he died for our sins, but he rose again on the third day. So not only do we have, uh, you know, to be able to walk with Christ now, but when we die someday, we go and we spend eternity in his presence. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, you don't have to say it exactly that way, but that's, that's the whole gospel that we need to be declaring to an unbelieving world around us. And, and the reason I bring this up is because we are all called to do that. Those that have this gift, they just seem to do it a little bit easier, right? And what's interesting is if you look at this gift, and obviously these gifts have to do with believers within the church, and so we're just talking about Christians, those who are disciples of Jesus Christ, only about 3% of the people have this gift. 3%, that's it. So if the rest of us checked out and said, well, I don't have that gift, I can't do it, how long do you think the church would last? Yeah, we'd close our doors tomorrow, right? So we all are called to share the gospel. Um, and we have a, a mandate out here on the wall that says pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. And we foster relationships in three different directions, up with God, in with each other, and out with the world around us. And what we tell you is minimum, minimum, you should be meeting with somebody who doesn't know Christ at least once a month, having coffee, having them over to your house, meeting with them in the lunchroom, at work, whatever it is. But the idea is you're fostering that relationship. Why? In hopes of someday to be able to share the gospel with them so that they might come to know this Jesus that has transformed your life and saved you. Right on? That's what this is about. And how do we do that? Well, one of the ways we, we teach you to do that is just to share your story. Tell them. Who is Jesus to you? What does he mean to you? What has he done in your life? How has he transformed your life? And, and how has he restored your relationships? What is he doing in your life right now? And that's what we were talking about this morning during worship. Proclaiming, testifying to the goodness of God. And, and we need to learn how to do that. Now, if you're hesitant, if this is all like foreign to you and you're struggling with it, here's my challenge to you. Uh, we have a class starting up real quick called Expedition. And it's an amazing opportunity for you to sign up, get in this class, and you get to dive into the book of Mark. Pastor Mike is going to teach you how to go through the book of Mark. You're going to learn so much about Jesus and about you. And then by the time you get to the end of this class, you are going to have so much confidence in being able to share Jesus with the world around you. And so I want you to sign up for that today before you leave here. It's an amazing opportunity. And if you haven't taken it, you need to take that class. It's a fantastic class. Now, there's signs if you do have this gift. If you have the gift of evangelism, uh, you might be the type of person that would cheer at a statement like what C.T. Studdard said when he said, some wish to live within the sound of a, a chapel bell, and he says, I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. If you hear that and your heart goes, yeah, 
Like, sign me up, right? I want to charge the gates of hell with a water gun. That's what I want to do. Um, you might have the gift of evangelism. Uh, if you are the type of person, when we take a look at your prayer list and it's full of names of people that don't know Christ, that might be a sign that you have the gift of evangelism. Um, if you have the gift of evangelism, something else I've noticed is that you have the, just this great knack of being able to bring up Jesus in just about every conversation. And you know these people, right? It doesn't matter what you're talking about. Somehow Jesus gets, gets pulled into this, the conversation. And this is one of the ways that they're able to bring Jesus into these conversations to be able to share the gospel with people. Uh, if you have this gift, you might be willing to go places most people are afraid to go to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I grew up in a, in a church in Sugarland, Texas, and we had a Bible college right around the corner there, and a lot of those new students would come to the church. You know, they were coming for, you know, young men and women coming to become pastors or youth pastors or whatever, and they would come to our church, and I got to know a bunch of them. We had this one guy show up in Texas, and, and he came to the, our church, and he uh, had a real thick southern accent. Keep in mind, we're in Texas, so if I say a thick southern accent, you know he probably came from Tennessee or Kentucky, right? And uh, he came in, he was a, just a new student, and uh, just a nice, nice guy, and he, he came in one Sunday morning, he was telling everybody this story that he'd gone to downtown Houston, and he got mugged, like three guys at gunpoint robbed him. And we're like, oh my gosh, what happened? And he's telling us the story, and he's like, you know, I, I, they wanted my money, and they wanted my watch, and all this stuff, and he says, I was just real slow at pulling everything out. And I was giving it to him, but I was telling him, you, you know, do you guys know Jesus? Have you guys heard about Jesus? Like, you have a God that loves you? And he says, he was just being real slow at everything, trying to share Jesus with him. And I'm like, are you crazy? Like, they were like, what were you thinking? He's like, well, obviously they need Jesus, right? They're robbing me, right? And so uh, I'm going to give them something. If you do something like that, like if that would be you, you probably have the gift of evangelism, all right? Now, every one of these gifts, not only do we see signs, but we have cautions with them as well. And so the caution that I would give you for this gift is sometimes those of you that have a gift of evangelism, you can share the gospel. And, and here's the thing. Um, just because you have the gift doesn't automatically mean that there's going to be a conversion. And if you go for a while and you're not seeing people respond to that, sometimes it can lead to unbelief. Sometimes it can lead to discouragement. And I want to encourage you and tell you, no, God is pleased with your faithfulness. That's all he's asking you to do is just be faithful with the gift. Keep sharing. And we know from 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that our job is to plant and water. That's it. God's job is to make it grow. You can't force it. The way they respond is between them and God. You just have to stay faithful. So don't lose hope. Don't, don't get discouraged. Just keep exercising that gift because we need the gift of evangelism here at MVF. Uh, next one is intercession. And uh, many people would talk about like intercessory prayer. That's, that's this gift. And uh, the definition I would give you for that is being able to pray for others through intentional, sustained, consistent, and constant prayer. Now, all of us are called to pray, right, to be in constant prayer, but this is way above and beyond. It's, it's uh, beyond what is expected for a normal Christian. Like a lot of us, we try to pray, but these people, they have a gift. Like they spend a lot of time in prayer. Now, we're all called to intercede for each other, for, for the world around us, for our leaders. Uh, you'll see that in the text here in just a minute. We're called to stand in the gap, but these pe people take it to a whole nother level because it's where they find their joy. This is life to them. There was a book called Prayer years ago by, written by Richard Foster, and he said that you cross this, this, this line into this gift when your prayers shift from your own needs, your own desires, to the needs and desires of other people. You find yourself spending more time in prayer for other people, and I mean in fervent prayer for them. Now, this, this is a phenomenal gift, because if you think about it, all of us in here, if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, 
And I think we underestimate this. Can I just be real for, uh, with you for a minute? Do you realize that when you received Christ, you were made right with God? You were filled with this Holy Spirit. And when you pray, the creator God hears you. Do you understand that? Do you know that? Like you enter into the throne room of God and you share your concerns. He hears every thought that you have. I mean, I, I think about that and it just blows my mind that we have this God that loves us so much. This, this creator, magnificent God that hears my prayers. Here's your prayers. This, this gift is powerful because they have this sacred honor of intervening for other people before God. If you have this gift, we need you in this church. We need you exercising that gift. We, we see this gift in Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 4. It comes up in James chapter 5. There's actually an, um, an example of this. that There's no way we can live up to this because it's Jesus. But in Luke chapter 22... Do you know that Jesus interceded for you? Jesus, uh, the night before he went to the cross, he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane and he prays for his disciples and he prays for the disciples that would come after them, which is who? Who? That's us. Yeah, do you know that Jesus prayed for you? And he interceded for you in such a way that he sweat droplets of blood. Um, For us, though, I think that, obviously, that's Jesus. I've never prayed to that level before. I don't know if I could. I'm not carrying the weight of the world and, and all of mankind's sin on my back. But, um, but when you have this gift, you will feel the weight of what you're praying for. Uh, second, uh, sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 2 says this. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Did you know that we're told to do this? intercede for them pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity now the people that have this gift i've learned most people that have this gift don't even know they have this gift like this is just a way of life for them this is what they see in scripture and so this is what they're doing because i'll go up to them i'll talk to them i'll say hey how's your devotional life how's your prayer life going And they're like man it's horrible it's been horrible and i'm like what's going on well just yesterday i could only spend two hours in prayer and today, I'm just like, 40 minutes is all I've been able to squeeze out of today. And I'm like, I think I prayed for my mac and cheese at lunch, you know? And I'm like, wow. Um, but they don't even realize they have this prayer. They're spending so much time in prayer. I, I've learned also that this gift is very individual. Like, it's given to them for a particular time or for a particular group of people. Or It's interesting because I, I found that they're not all the same. People that have in, this gift of intercessor... Uh, intercession they come in different flavors Um, let let me show this to you I I think this might help they come I think in three different groups and I've had to learn this because I made the mistake years ago of going oh you have intercession you have intercession okay we'll just put you all in a room right and it just didn't work and I couldn't figure out why it didn't work and I realized they're different they're all different within this group Uh, I think many of them fit into this category of phone book some fit into the category of crisis and others in the category of assignment if you have the gift of intercession and you're a phone book type person, you love lists. Like these are the people that I can hand a list to and man, they are faithful. They will pray over that entire list. They'll pray for every name. Even if they don't know the people, they don't care because God knows them and they're praying. I mean, they're in prayer for these people. They'll pray for every pastor. They'll pray for every elder, every sick person in the church. You give them a list and just turn them loose and let them go. It's incredible. Then you have those who are crisis type 
intercessors. And, and these people, they are listening to the Holy Spirit. It's more of a prompting, right? These are the people that are just going about their day, and all of a sudden you're having a conversation, and all of a sudden they're not there, and you turn around, and they're back there, and you go back, and you're like, what's going on? And they're like, I just felt like God told me right now, I just need to pray for this person, or whatever, right? And you're like, okay, right? This is our crisis. They'll walk into a room and just go, there's something going on here. I just need to pray for these people, or I need to pray for the situation in this room. Um, and then we have those who are assignment. And we have some of these in, in this church because um, they are called by God to pray for a particular thing, person, whatever it is, for a long season. Or maybe it's a, a, God has laid it on their heart that they're going to pray for this thing for the rest of their life. And we have them. Uh, like, it could be a, our nation. It could be a, a group of, of people in an unreached people group, like the Thai Dom, like they spend all their time praying for these people, that God would reach them. Uh, it's, it's interesting to me how God has just kind of laid it upon their heart, and they know that that's their calling. That's the gift of intercession. And, and uh, by the way, for those of you that are raised in the traditional church, do you remember the Wednesday night prayer groups? Do you remember those, those meetings that you would have? Do you know why those died years ago? Uh, because these three groups. Uh, because they would show up, right? And they would say, okay, what are we praying for? And the phone book people would be like, well, we got our list. Pastor gave us a list, and the, and the people that were crisis were like, well, what's the Holy Spirit telling us to pray for? And they're like, well, what do you mean? We got our list. We're going to pray over the list. No, I mean, where, where's the Holy Spirit leading? And then the assignment people would walk in and go, what are we doing tonight? We're praying over this list. Well, Holy Spirit hadn't told us that yet. And they're like, you know what? I need to go pray for the, the church in China. And they just leave, right? And so this is kind of why it broke apart, because they, we, were all, uh, we were putting them all in the same group, and they're not part of the same group. These gifts are incredible. And, and for those of you that have this gift, man, I... I have so much respect for you to spend that kind of time in prayer, interceding for people. This intercessory prayer is so powerful. We have the phone book, we have crisis, we have assignment, and then we have the rest of us, right, that are just trying to pray, to remember to pray for our meal. Um, I love you guys. We need you in this church. And I know that we have a lot of you. I call you my prayer warriors because I know that when I come to you and I give you something or I ask you to pray for something, I know without a doubt you're doing it. You do it. Now, for those of you that have this gift, I want to encourage you. Tonight, we have this prophetic worship and listening prayer night. We're going to be doing it down here in Aspen at 6.30. If you have this gift, or if you think you might, I want you to come to this. Tim is going to talk a lot about that. He's going to be doing some teaching on this. And so this would be a great opportunity for you to get plugged in and start to understand some of this gift and and how to uh, exercise this gift within the church. Now, there's some signs that come with this. Uh, if you are the type of person that would, no matter what comes up, your first response is prayer, you might have this gift. Not always, but you might have this gift. If you smile at the thought of a prayer walk, you might have this gift. Like our prayer walk out here on the property when we poured that a couple years ago, you were the ones that were coming out and just walking around. You didn't even need anything. You were just like spending time with God and praying over the church and praying over the property. And I, I love it. I love it. Uh, if you feel closest to God, when you're in deep prayer, when you're interceding for other people, you might have this gift. If you feel the responsibility falls on you to pray uh, coverage over maybe it's a church, maybe it's a nation, maybe it's a group of people, an orphanage, whatever it is, if you feel like that's your responsibility, you might have this gift. Now let me give you a caution because I have seen this go bad and I want to make sure that if you have this gift, you're aware of it. Could I just challenge all of you and caution you if you have this gift Please don't judge the spiritual life of other people because of their lack of prayer, all right? Remember, if it's not a spiritual gift, it's a spiritual discipline. Some of us are shoveling with small snow shovels, 
and you come through, you're moving a lot of snow with that snowplow, okay? So please don't judge other people's uh, spiritual lives based on how much they're praying because you have a gift and it's just coming easy to you. Is that a deal? Okay, let me move on to the last one. I said the last one, but it's actually two of them. And I'll tell you why it's the last one, because uh, there's a lot of people that believe that these are the same gift. There's a lot of people that believe like they're separate. There's some people that believe through reading through Scripture that it's two aspects of the same gift. And I can tell you, I'm kind of I'm in that ballpark. I don't know. You're going to have to read through it and judge for yourself. But um, I, I think they're so similar, but there are some differences. I'm going to try to explain those as best I can to you. But here's the cool thing about these gifts. When it comes to the gift of wisdom and the gift of knowledge, these are the only two that fall into all three categories. They're part power, they're part love, they're part word. They're all of them. Now, years ago, I used to think that the gift of wisdom were just these people in the church that were just wise, you know. They were the old people that just had been there, done that, have the scars. They just know their scriptures, and they can tell you what to do in your life. That's what I thought it was. Uh, I thought the people that had the gift of knowledge were these uh, great theologians that just spent so much time in the Word of God that they knew the Bible so well, they could just tell you what the Bible says. And, and I, I've learned that that's not a gift at all. That's just some people, right? Some people, that's just where they're at. They're great in Scripture. They're just wise because they, they spend so much time in the Word of God. And can I just tell you, that's not a supernatural gift, that's just who they are. And so when we talk about the, the gift from the Holy Spirit of wisdom, the gift from the Holy Spirit and knowledge, it's something else. It's supernatural. And I've also learned that it's very situational. When these gifts function, it's usually one-on-one. It's different than teaching. Like teaching is to a group of people. When you talk about imparting a wisdom or knowledge, this is mainly done on a one-in-one. It's very situational, and it's by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I found with, with people that have this gift, you sit down to have coffee with them. It's not like they have a switch, all right? It's not like they're, oh, we want to talk about something. Okay, hang on one second. I'm going to turn the switch on for knowledge, right? It, that's not what it is. It's just the fact that it's a gift, and it's situational, the Holy Spirit may or may not give them that wisdom or that knowledge, but it's very, very situational. Now, what does it mean to have the gift of wisdom? Uh, let me give you the definition. It's special ability to apply God's truth using relevant biblical information with the goal, and this is the key, with the goal of guiding others toward holiness and worship. These are people that can, can impart wisdom to you that's given to them by the Holy Spirit to help you take your next step towards Christ. Now, these are the people that can recognize a decision or where um, an action might lead, and they have wisdom to go, okay, wait a minute, this is not taking you towards God, it's taking you away from God, and they can give you that wisdom because the Holy Spirit has showed that to them. Now, this gift is an action when God um, gives a situational word or message to this person to give to somebody else, and it helps provide insight for that person so they might, not, they might take their next step on the spiritual journey towards Jesus. It's pushing them towards Jesus and helping, helping them to, to not fall off to the side or just give up and quit, but it's encouraging them to pursue Jesus. Now, I found that many times when it comes to the gift of wisdom, it is very specific as well. Like, you can be sitting talking to them, and they'll say, you know what, I, I feel like you need to go to this place. Or I feel like you need to read this book. And it's very specific when the Holy Spirit uses that and he sends a message to you through someone that has this gift. Usually it's situational, it's very specific. 
It's, it's this person being able to know the mind of Christ and his word and, and how it pertains to a particular situation in your life. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Um, the reason I read this to you is because if you have this gift, I don't want you to use it like a sledgehammer. If you understand this gift, it's pure, it's peace-loving, it's gentle, it's, it's given with love. You have to be very careful in exercising this gift. And, and I think this happens to the people that have this gift all the time. They'll just be sitting down talking to somebody, and, and a verse or an image will pop into their head, and they'll say, you know what, I, I don't know why, but I feel like I need to tell you to read whatever or go to this place. And what's interesting is those people will come back and tell them, you know, I don't know how you knew that, but it was exactly what I needed to be able to keep walking with Christ or to take that next step to grow, to keep growing in my faith with Christ. Now, some signs that if you have this gift, you, you have this deep understanding of the holiness of God, but get this, you also have a deep understanding of your lack of holiness in your life. That might sound odd, but here's what happens with the people that have this gift of wisdom. They're very humble because it's that line, the closer you get to Jesus, the further away that you realize you are. When that um, plays out in your life, you might have this gift of wisdom. Um, another sign is that you have compassion and boldness to share the truth with the people around you that need to hear it. Um, you, can, you can see somebody on a course you can see uh, their, their situation, and maybe they're sharing with you, hey, my life is crazy right now, my family, and all this other stuff, and, and somehow God gives you wisdom. He cuts through all of the confusion and gives you that one thing that they need in their life, and you're able to identify that for them. If that's you, then you might have this gift of wisdom. Now, the gift of knowledge is similar. It's got a, a, just a little bit different twist to it. And so the definition for this one is knowing truth in the form of revelatory biblical information and giving it to others in situations in a way they can understand it. So this is insight. It's, it's um, a revelation that God gives you for somebody else that there is no other way that you would know it. But it's always grounded in, in the gospel. It's grounded in Scripture. Uh, this gift of knowledge functions when God gives you information about someone that you would have no other way of having access to it. Like when you mention it, they're just shocked. Like, well, how in the world did you know that? And it's always humbling. It's always um, used to bring about healing and hope. It, it, never, it never humiliates somebody. It never hurts somebody. That's, that's not why this gift is given to you. All right, so again, remember the passage? It's gentle, it's love, it's not used as a sledgehammer. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, To one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice, to another the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. This uh, gift of knowledge is information-based. Um, it, it could be you're sitting with somebody and they're sharing with you, hey, I'm dating so-and-so and, and I, I don't know if I should marry them and this is what I'm seeing. And, and God gives you some knowledge that you pass on to them. Why don't you go and do this? And maybe that will reveal to you the answer. And then they come back later and they're like, that is exactly what I needed. That helped me to know what God desires for me. And this is directly from God. Like this knowledge comes from God in no other place. And, and that's why it brings hope, why it brings humility, why, why it brings healing. Because these gifts are from a loving God. 
to edify, to build up his body, not to cause division, not to tear people down. And now some signs that you might have this gift is you've been, made, uh, you've been made aware of like maybe some secrets in somebody's life. They haven't told anybody else, and yet you've been given this message, and you, you deliver it to them, and they're like, I've never told anybody that before. Like, how in the world would you know that? You've gained knowledge which cannot be attained by natural means, only by the Holy Spirit revealing it to you. Now, when it comes to wisdom and knowledge, I'm going to lump them together for the caution because I think there's a caution here that uh, if you have either one of these gifts, you need to be aware of. And when God reveals to you a bit of wisdom or a bit of knowledge for someone, here's what I want you to do. Before you go crazy and blurt it out and the whole bit, I want you to stop and I want you to ask God, what do you want me to do with this? Okay, can you do that? Because uh, I've seen where this has caused problems before, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But I want you to ask God, I want you to ask God, what am I supposed to do with this? You've given this to me. I didn't ask for it, but you gave it to me. It's a gift. And now what is it that you want me to do with it? Am I supposed to pray about it? Am I supposed to give it to somebody? Am I supposed to approach the leaders of the church and discuss this? What am I supposed to do? Because the truth is, just because you know something doesn't mean you own it. Remember, you're not the one that came up with this. God revealed this to you. And so in that moment, I want you to start thinking about Jesus, about his, his will, his work. I don't want you to start thinking about your ego or your fame, your, your identity or your personal agenda, none of that, because that's not what this is about. And so you've got to be very careful with this. These gifts are, are meant to bring glory to God. It's meant to draw other people closer to God. That's what they're for. Now, that leads me to my other caution. My other caution for this gift is that these gifts can be interpreted or imitated by the other side. And you have to be careful. You need to make sure you know where this message is coming from. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So how do you do that? You test it against Scripture. Test it against Scripture. Is this leading to unity? Is this drawing somebody closer to God? Or is this causing division? And you need to make sure that it's from God. Now, we've covered several gifts there this morning. We've talked about evangelism, intercession, wisdom, and knowledge. And, and um, here's what I want to do as we end today. I want to encourage those of you that think that you have this gift to come down front. If you've taken the assessment, and this is one of the gifts that, that's come up on your assessment, would you just come down to the front? Because here's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to pray over you before uh, we end today. And I want to make sure that we pray over these gifts because this is so important. Because as a church, not only are we open to these gifts, but we want to, we want to see our gift exercising all these gifts. We want to see the church exercising all these gifts because we are stronger because of those gifts. And this is not me saying this. This is the way God designed his church. And so we want to be open to that, but we want to create a very healthy and biblical environment for that to happen. And so if you have any of these gifts, would you come down real quick? I'm just going to pray over you. Um, and the reason I want to do this, and you might be thinking, well, I already know I have this gift. I don't need to come down. Um, I want to tell you, you need to come down. Because if you remember, this is not a me gift. It's a we gift. This is for all of us. And so we need to be praying over all of you. We need these gifts exercised within the body of Christ. So if you have evangelism, intercession, wisdom, or knowledge, uh, if you would come down, we would definitely appreciate it. Now, uh, we're going to dedicate these gifts. We're going to ask God to um, affirm these gifts in your life, okay? Uh, we're going to pray that he just lets you know whether you have them or whether you don't. Either way, but we need to know so that you can start looking for ways that God wants to use that within his church. All right. You guys are awesome. You spread out. The first group, like, all clumped over in one area. So, uh, all right. So would you guys go ahead and stand with us? We're going to pray over these uh, 
amazing people. We're going to pray for God's affirmation and that uh, they find ways of exercising this within his body. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for each person standing here right now that um, representing one of these gifts or maybe a couple. Lord, I pray that you would, in a mighty way this week, affirm in their life one way or the other, whether it's, it's a gift that you've given them or whether you haven't. Uh, maybe they need to be looking somewhere else. But Lord, I pray that in that, if it's affirmed, that things would happen quickly, that you would start opening doors for them to be able to exercise those gifts, Lord, because we want, we want you to have your way in your church. And Lord, I pray for, um, just for direction. I pray for insight for them as they look for ways to evangelize, to, um, to be an intercessor, to impart um, this gift of wisdom and this gift of knowledge within this body, Lord. And I pray that it would always be done humbly, that it would be done uh, with your desire and, and your heart and mind. God, we just give all these things to you. We ask that your name would be lifted high because of everything that's going on here today. I pray uh, a blessing upon each one of these people for the boldness to stand up and say, I believe this is my gift. And so, Lord, would you please speak into their minds and hearts, even uh, starting right now. And Lord, would you, um, would you have your way? We're excited to see what it is that you're doing in and through your church. May your name be made big because of this. We pray all this in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.